Well, this morning we are excited. We're going to do something we've never done on a Sunday morning. That's right. We're going to tag team. Tag team preach this we're morning, me and Pastor Kelly. Again this morning. Yeah, we're making some history today. It's a so we've done this at Encounters for a number of years now, but never on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So I'm excited. Amen. I am too. So. I'm a little nervous too. <laughs> But that's okay, I'm pressing through. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, this morning, uh, we are excited to celebrate Moms and Mother's Day and really have a unique word this morning as we were praying and preparing about what God wanted us to share for Mother's Day. The title of our message this morning is literally called Standing Tall and Walking in Your Full Anointing. And this morning, that's really what we want to talk about. I really felt like the Lord said that uh, His heart and His will today, specifically for our mothers, but for each and every person here, here today is that we would really begin to stand tall and that we would walk in the full anointing that God has for our lives. How many of you recognize today that every person in this room, if you're a child of God, then there is an anointing on your life. Amen. There is an anointing on your life. And how many of you also recognize that if you're here and you're a mom, there's a special anointing on mothers. Amen. There's a special grace that God gives to moms to do what moms have to do day in and day out. And uh, it is that anointing of the Holy Spirit that really does empower each of us to do what God has called us to do. And so our prayer today is that you're going to walk out of here today standing tall and walking in that anointing that God has for you. So Luke chapter 13 uh, is the scripture we want to read together. It says, Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to himself, and he said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, literally stood tall and glorified God. Amen? So if you look at that first point on your outline this morning, one of the great things from this story, there's really kind of three points we want to pull out of this story this morning. First of all, I want you to know, ladies, as a woman, and specifically as a mother today, ladies, that Jesus sees you. Amen? Jesus sees you. Now think about this lady in the story here in Luke 13. The Bible says she had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and literally was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. This lady was a woman that in a multitude of people pressing in to see Jesus, it would have been very easy for her to have been overlooked, right? She would have been bent over. She would have not stood up or stood out because she would have been surrounded by all the people. But all of a sudden, Jesus sees this woman in the midst of the crowd. And I really felt like the Lord said that he wants every person here today, specifically our moms, to know that God sees you. Right? Jesus sees you. He sees your struggle. He sees your tears. He sees your sacrifice. He sees your pain. One of the things Kelly have learned, Kelly and I have learned over the years counseling with women and many mothers is that many times women and mothers feel, they feel unappreciated. They feel overlooked. They feel like nobody really sees or understands the sacrifices that they make as a mom every single day. But I want you to know some good news today. Jesus sees. Amen. Jesus sees who you are and what you're doing. And not only does he see us, the next part of that story says that he called this lady unto himself. So 
Jesus not only sees us right where we're at, but he calls us unto himself. And I really felt like the Lord said, Keith, you're in Kelly's job this morning is to give every person at Liberty Church a special divine invitation to come into the presence of the King. This morning, God is inviting you. He is inviting you into his presence. And let me just say it like this. If you were to get an invitation to go to the White House tomorrow, it would pale in comparison to the invitation that God is giving you today, and that is to come into his presence. And so he's calling us into his presence. And the last part of that story says that not only does he see us and calls us, but he wants to loose us, right? Jesus wants to loose us from whatever has us bound. And so for this lady in the story, it was a spirit of infirmity that literally kept her bent over and bound for 18 years. Maybe for you, you're bound by fear. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's a financial setback that hit your family a few years ago. Maybe there's a, a, a relational chaos that has surrounded your family. And right now, you're in a place where you literally feel bent over and bound by the weight of these things that are on your life. I've got some good news today. It is the will of God that you be loosed and set free today. Amen. Jesus wants to set us free. Amen. So let's look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. It says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. I want to stop right there for just a minute. So the strategies of the devil, that is an investigated method, a settled plan, and a crafted deception Amen. of the enemy. Let's look at verse 12. It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Amen. So we are in a spiritual battle, right? Amen. And when we're in a spiritual battle, we don't fight with natural weapons. Amen. Because when we do this, we're always going to lose. I would capitalize that always. We yeah. are always going to lose. Yeah. Satan knows that if he can deceive us, he can destroy us. Yeah. So Satan deceives us, right? And how does he deceive, deceive us? He deceives us by lying to us. Yeah. He lies Amen. to us about everything all the time. Yeah. He is the father of lies. Amen. I believe one area that I feel that women battle with, battle against, is comparison. We think that if we look like them or had what they had, that we would stand tall and walk in our anointing, right? Oh, if I only looked like her or did what she did, I could stand tall and I, I could be anointed. That is so far from the truth. That is a lie. Amen. God made us unique individuals with unique anointings. And so Amen. if we're wanting to be like someone else, we are going to miss out on the anointing that God has for us. Amen. So Satan, he can't read our mind or our thoughts, right? That's he right. can't. But what he does is he watches us. He watches and he sees how we react and respond to different situations. And then he plays on our emotions. So maybe we struggle with insecurity, jealousy, or comparing ourselves to others. I know I'm guilty. I have been guilty of all of those. But he'll, he'll watch us and he see... And, and he sees this, and he spins a lie so that what we see, think, and even feel looks like the truth. Yep. I've been guilty of that, and I know I'm not the only one in this room. Um, 
but we can't allow our feelings and emotions to dictate how we respond to difficult situations. We have to, this is so important, take every thought captive into Amen. the obedience of Christ. And what doesn't line up with God's word, we have to cast it down in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you look at that next point on your outline, uh, we just want to answer this question today. So if we're in a spiritual battle and Satan is constantly trying to lie to us and deceive us, then how do we fight? And how do we win, right? How do we fight the battle so we can stand tall and walk in the anointing that God has for us? Well, Ephesians 6, I'm going to continue where Kelly left off because the Apostle Paul gives us what is called the armor of God, right? Maybe you've heard this or read this before. We're going to kind of dissect this scripture today. And look what Paul says. He says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Look at verse 14. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. And for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil and put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So the first tool that we're going to look at, every time we stand our ground, we win. Amen. We must refuse to withdraw and disconnect from the people and the purpose that God has for us. Because when we withdraw and disconnect from the people yep. and the purpose of God, listen to this, we abort the anointing that God has for us. Amen. We abort our anointing when we, when we withdraw. Yep. And so I, I think I shared this in March when I, when I preached, but... It's so true, and it fits this as well. So a few years ago, several years ago, um, I did all of this. I withdrew, and I disconnected from people and from the ministry for about a year, all because Keith asked me a question, one question. But I felt like he should have known the answer to the question, and so I just responded to him, do whatever you think you need to do. I allowed pride to take me out. It was my pride because I thought he should know me. So I got to interject here for just a moment, okay? For all of you wives out there, okay, this is so important. This is a lesson that I have learned. All of you wives out there, I've heard a wife say, well, he should know, he should know, you know, he should know what I like so he can buy me that gift, or he should know what I'm thinking so he shouldn't act that way around me, or he should know what I'm feeling. That is a lie, and that is so far from the truth. Amen. We have been married. <laughs> that is true. So we are pink. Women, we are pink. We think pink. We hear pink. We understand pink. Men are blue. They think blue, hear blue, and understand blue. We've been married for almost, well, we've been married for 28 years. And you would think after 28 years that he would know me and know what I'm thinking and feeling. But he doesn't. Okay? He doesn't. He don't. Not even close. Because God created us different. <laughs> yep. And so from that lesson, I allowed pride to take me out. But from that, I have learned that I have to communicate with him plain and clear. If he hurts my feelings, and sometimes he does, right? I just tell him that. And then he does the same yep, for me. Right. So we have to have communication. So we have to be on purpose to stand our ground, communicate, Plain and clear, we have to stand our ground by staying engaged and connected. And when we do this, we win. Amen. Amen. So if you look at that next point on your outline, 
Uh, every time we put on truth, righteousness, peace, and salvation, we win. So the Apostle Paul says the first thing we got to do is stand our ground. And the second thing we have to do is we got to begin to put on some things. And he identifies four specific things in Ephesians 6 there that we've got to put on. It's the armor of God that if we want to stand and we want to win and we want to walk in our anointing. So he says we got to put on the belt of truth. So think about that. What does that really look like when I put on truth? Well, Kelly just got through telling us that Satan attacks us and deceives us by lying to us. And every day we are bombarded with lies, right? Every day not only is the devil lying, to you, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're never going to make it, you're never going to amount to anything, nothing's ever going to work out in your favor, all those lies that we hear in our head, but there's also lies from our culture, right? All you got to do is get on social media and scroll through Facebook a little bit, Instagram, Pinterest, and you're going to see all these images and all these ideas that say if you don't look like this, if you don't act like this, if you don't drive this, if you don't wear this, then you're not important and you're not significant and you're not special and you're not successful, but the reality is, is all of those things are lies from the enemy that he uses to deceive us. So we have to put on truth. So what is truth? Let me give you a definition of truth. Truth is not what the world says about you. Truth is definitely not what the devil says about you. And truth is not even what you think and say about yourself. What God says about you is truth. That's truth. God says I'm loved. God says I'm accepted. God says I'm the head and not the tail. God says I have everything that I need to do all that he's called me to do because greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the, more, in the world. And so I've got to put on truth. And every time you put on truth, which is what God says about you, guess what happens? You win. You cut down the lie of the enemy and you win the battle and begin to walk in victory and you start and continue to stand tall. So he says we've got to put on truth. And then he says, we've got to put on righteousness. And there's really kind of two sides of righteousness I want to talk about. The first side of righteousness is we've got to put on the righteousness of God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. The so scripture says this, it says, he who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God through faith in him. We are in right standing with God, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Amen. And so sometimes the devil will come along and he'll try to put condemnation. He'll try to put guilt and he'll try to put shame on you, right? He'll try to condemn you, guilt you, and shame you into withdrawing and backing away from what God has for you. So when the guilt and the shame and the condemnation comes, guess what? We got to put on righteousness. I am the righteousness of God. I'm not condemned. I'm righteous. I'm not guilty. I am forgiven. I am not ashamed. I have been made right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Not my work, devil, but Jesus' work on the cross was enough for me to be right with God. Amen? And when you put on righteousness that comes by faith, you win the battle. But there's another side of that righteousness. It's just doing what is right in the eyes of God. Let me just say it to you like this. Every time you do what is right in the eyes of God, you win. Every time you do what is right in the eyes of God, you win. Even when it's not convenient, even when it's not fun, and even when it's not popular. Every time you do what is right in the eyes of God, you win and you stand tall in your anointing. Amen? And then he says put on peace. And he, and he, he compares peace to putting on the shoes of peace. And this is awesome because we've got to walk in peace. Right? We've got to walk in peace. Every day of your life, you have unlimited, let me say that again, you have unlimited opportunities to be offended. 
right? Your spouse can offend you. Your children can offend you. And Lord help us, it's Mother's Day, so now the stakes go way up for your offense. Every mom got up this morning with a heightened level of offense because it's Mother's Day and we got all these expectations of what our kids and our husband and our family should be doing for us and that's what they did for their parents, their mom, and they did that for their mom and they didn't do nothing for me. And so every day you have unlimited opportunities to be offended. So guess what happens? When the devil tries to put offense on you, you got to put on peace. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace and he gives us his peace. And so I got to put on peace. Instead of putting on offense, I got to put on peace. Instead of putting on frustration, I got to put on peace. Instead of putting on stress and being stressed and de-stressed by this world, I got to put on the peace of God. Why? Because peace is not the absence of conflict. It is the presence of God in our lives. And when I put on his peace, I embrace his presence. And guess what happens? We win. And then last but not least, he says, put on salvation. He compares it to the helmet of salvation. The word salvation is a great word. Here in uh, Ephesians 6, it literally means to be saved or to be delivered. And so we have to literally put on a deliverance mindset. The devil says you're defeated. God says I'm delivered. Right? I'm delivered. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm the top, not the bottom. No matter what comes against me, God's going to work everything for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. What the enemy meant for my evil and for my destruction, God's going to use for my edification because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And all of a sudden, I put on a deliverance mentality that when the devil says it'll never work, God says it will work. I am delivered. I am saved. I am set free. And I'm going to walk in that. And every time I put on that deliverance mentality, we win. Amen? Amen. So every time we hold up the shield of faith, we win. Amen. Faith is not what we feel, right? Faith is not what we feel. Faith is what God's Word says. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing. So faith is released by speaking. Amen. We have to speak out loud, not what we see, but what we want to see. Amen? Amen. So we have to speak what we want, not what we see. We have to speak out loud with our mouth what we're believing God to do for ourselves and our own personal lives. Amen. We have to speak out loud what we're believing God to do in our children's lives. As mamas, y'all need to be doing that when they're little babies. Start when they're babies. Amen. And if you don't start when they're babies, start wherever you're at right now. That's Amen. Right. Amen. Um, we have to speak out loud what we're believing God to do in our families. Uh, Joshua 24, 15 says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As a mother, I have spoken this over my children Amen. ever since they were a baby. And my kids will live and love and serve God Amen. all of their lives. In Jesus' name, Jesus I'm declaring name. it. Amen. So if you're battling sickness, we have to hold up the shield of faith. I have battled different sicknesses as, as an adult, yeah. and God has healed me of some, and some I'm in the process of walking out. But we have to hold up the shield of faith and confess our healing. Yeah. We have to stay in faith no matter how long it takes. It may take 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, but we stay in faith and we hold up that shield of faith, and we have to continue to speak out what God's Word says. And when we do this, we win. Amen? Amen. So I just want to Give this little side note real quick. Go ahead. When you go to a doctor and he tells you this is what you have, when you leave from there, you have a choice. Number one, you can believe that, or and you can tell, go go home and tell, hey, this is what he said. I've got this and this and this. 
Or you can do this. You can go home and say, this is what the doctor says. I've been diagnosed with this, but I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's right. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. And stay in faith. Hold up your shield of faith and just speak God's word over your life and Amen. continue to until you're healed. Amen. So in this next part, look at that next point on your outline. So every time we pick up the sword of the Spirit, the Bible, the Word of God, we win. So Paul is now shifting. So he's just went from all the armor that protects us, and now we're transitioning into our weapons of warfare. So number one, we've got to be guarded so we can stand our ground. But number two, now we've got to begin to wield the weapons of warfare. And our weapon of warfare is the Bible. Amen. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and Satan came to him three times, he tempted him, and three times Jesus said, it is written. Amen? It is written. How many of you understand that if it is written is what Jesus uses to defeat the enemy, then it is written has to be what we use to defeat the enemy. Not what I think and not what I feel, but what God says becomes the weapon of warfare. So I want to just encourage you, every time you read your Bible, every time you pick up your Bible, Every time you meditate on Scripture, every time you read a devotional, every time you listen to a sermon or a message, guess what you're doing? You're taking up the sword of the Spirit. And what is powerful about the sword of the Spirit is simply this. The sword of the Spirit fuels and feeds every other piece of armor. Every other thing that we talk about is fueled and fed by the Word of God. How do I know what truth is? Because I know the Word of God. How do I live by faith? Because I know the Word of God. How do I stand my ground? Because I know the Word of God. How do I put on righteousness? Because I know the Word of God. So every time you pick up your Bible, you pick up the sword of the Spirit. And the Bible says about itself that God's Word is not only a sword. It says it's a hammer that splinters rocks. God's Word is a light into our, our path and a lamp into our feet. God's Word is health to our bodies and healing to our bones. And so every time you pick up the Bible, you Win. And if you've never thought about it, think about it like this. Isn't it interesting how hard the devil works to keep you from reading your Bible? Yes. You can read Facebook. You can watch and listen to news. You can listen to music and radio. But when you try to listen to the Word of God, it's amazing how many distractions arise. Why? Because he knows that every time you pick up the Bible, you win. Amen. So every time we pray in the Spirit, we win. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So you may or may not know a lot about praying in the Spirit, and let me just encourage you, uh, if you've never attended our Grow Track and our Encounter Weekend, to do so. I would like to in interject here. <laughs> um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's one of the sessions, the last sessions of the encounter. And I don't know if how many of you have gone through an encounter or haven't, but if you haven't, I want to encourage you to do so because Amen. the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the teaching that Pastor Keith does, is phenomenal. It probably explains it better than anybody I've ever heard before. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, you Jesus. Can, you can agree with that. I can agree with you. Okay. That's good. So, so if you don't know what praying in the Spirit is, the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Spirit. One of the gifts of the Spirit is a gift of tongues. And part of having the gift of tongues is you can pray in tongues, which the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 14, when I pray in tongues, I pray in the Spirit, and it is my Spirit that is praying. And the Bible says this, it says when we pray in the Spirit, that we pray the will of God. 
We get to pray the will of God. Sometimes we don't know how to pray, so we pray in the Spirit, and we pray the will of God. And the Scripture also says that when you pray in the Spirit, it's one of the few gifts that brings personal edification. It literally strengthens you. The Bible actually says to build up yourself upon your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. So when you pray in the Spirit, it builds you up. Because how many of you understand, when you're in a battle, you get tired. When you're in a battle, you get tired. Let's be honest, moms. It's tiring being a mother. It's tiring raising the kids. It's tiring doing the laundry. Tiring doing all the responsibilities that have to happen. And it's not just for mothers. It's for everybody. Life is hard, and we get tired. So we can pray in the Spirit again. We've just shifted. Now we're walking in weapons of warfare. The sword of the Spirit and praying in the Spirit empowers us to fight and win. Man. So 17 years ago, God healed and delivered me of depression. Um, before, before, before I left there, the last morning, um, my counselor, Miss Dorothy, she said, Kelly, she said, do you, have, do you pray in tongues or do you have your prayer language? And I was like, huh. no, because 17 years ago, there was a lot of controversy around tongues. And I was very confused about it, and I said I didn't want it. But she challenged me. She said, I want you, when you go to bed tonight, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, is this a gift that you desire for me to have? And, and be genuine and have an open heart with it. And so I did what she said. I, I'll never forget it. I was laying on my stomach, and I was going to sleep. And I said, okay, Holy Spirit, is this a gift that you desire for me to have? And instantly it came. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I said, Keith. Keith, and he come running in the bedroom, and I was like, and I told him what had happened, and he was happy and rejoicing, and I was still confused, and, and so the next morning, I told her, yes, I received it, but I didn't do anything with it because I was still very confused about it, but 12 years ago, when we went to our encounter in Louisiana, um, the lady was teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. I'll never forget it. We had gone to break, but the Holy Spirit gave me clear instructions. He said, I want you to sit here and watch the teacher at the front of the room. And so I did that. I sat there, and she walked back and forth from one side to the other, and she was just saying syllables, just very clear, plain syllables each step that she took, and she did that for about five minutes, and the Holy Spirit told me, he said, you've made this out to be something so much more than what it is. He said, I want you to give me your, give me your heart and your mind during this next session, and the understanding will come. And so I did that. Now, I don't remember, that was 12 years ago, all that she taught, but I remember a story that she shared, and I've never forgotten it. It grabbed my mama's heart. So she said her and a friend was driving in a car, and they were, I don't know where they were going, but they were driving, they were going somewhere, and she said she saw a vision of a car wreck, and the car was spinning out of control, and it hit a tree. And so she told her friend that, and she said, well, we need to pray in the Spirit. Romans 8, 27 says, tell, tells us that when we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit prays for us according to the will of God, Amen. okay? So her and her friend started praying in the Spirit. 20, 30 minutes later, she gets home, and she runs in the house. She's going in the house, and the phone's ringing. This is back in landline days, no cell phones. So she runs to answer the phone, and she said it's her daughter. And her daughter says, Mom, first of all, I want you to know that I'm okay, but I've been in a car wreck. And she goes in to describe the car wreck, and it was the vision that she had seen. And she said, as a mother, praying in the Spirit is a tool that I needed because I was praying the will of God. I was praying for my daughter, and I didn't even know it. Yeah. 
So as a mother, I'm like, I need this. This is something I greatly desire now because I have three small children. I'm like, this is going to help me be a better mother because, you know, sometimes our children struggle and we don't understand what it is that they're struggling with even though we ask them and sometimes it's hard pulling it out of them. So that changed my life. That is one thing I came home and said, this is what I'm doing. This is going to better me as a person and as a mother. Amen. So Definitely been a part of our daily life ever since. Yes, it really has. has. This next point, if you're a note taker, is not on the screen. So if you want to write this down, it was really something as we were kind of praying through and preparing for minister today uh, that we really felt like this was just another point we wanted to add that was really critical, we felt like, to fighting and winning the battle that God's called us to fight in. Amen. So every time we stand together, we win. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So I just want to tell y'all, you don't wait until you're struggling or in a battle to start looking for people to be around you, godly people. We need godly people in our lives on an everyday basis, but when we're struggling, that's when we can confide in them and say, hey, I'm struggling, I'm battling, I need you to stand with me, right? When we fight alone, we lose, but when we stand together, we win. And there's going to be times in your life where those in your inner circle they might be struggling, and you're going to be that person to support them, encourage them, and help them through it. Amen. And just a little quick side note on that. That's why it's so important for you to be connected to the church. That's why it's so important for you to be in a small group. That's why it's so important for you to be a part of a ministry team, because it's those environments that connect you to people that can fight with you. And you don't ever have to fight alone because we are a spiritual family. Amen? And that's a powerful thing. Well, if you look at that next point on your outline, uh, this doesn't come from Ephesians 6, but uh, if you've been uh, living for Jesus for any amount of time, you recognize this is true. Every time we praise and worship, we win. Every time we praise and worship, we win. How many of you realize today there's power in praise and worship? Amen. There is power in praise and worship. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, God would many times send the praisers in front of the soldiers to prepare the way for the battle and literally to invite God in to the battle that they were about to fight. Psalms 22 verse 3 says this, But thou art holy, O God, that inhabits the praises of Israel. So David said, God, you're holy. You're set apart. There's none like you. And then he said this about God. He said, God, you inhabit the praises of your people. That word inhabit literally means to to come down among them, but it also means to be enthroned upon their praise. So this is what happens. I want to paint a picture for you. When you are in the middle of the battle and you praise God anyway, Right? Because how many of you understand, in the middle of the battle, the devil wants to steal your praise. He wants you to murmur. He wants you to complain. He wants you to grumble. He wants you to gripe. He wants you to call all your neighbors and text all your friends and tell them how horrible your life is and how unfair the world is and how everybody's against you and what is God, why is God abandoning you? But if you can ever put on praise... If you'll just put praise and worship in your mouth and begin to praise God in the midst of the battle, guess what happens? You invite God into your battle, and the word literally means to be enthroned. You give him authority and dominion to fight for you. 
And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you've ever had a family or a friend that was in the middle of a battle and you wanted to help them, but they wouldn't let you in, you ever had that happen? Where you wanted to help them, but they kind of kept everybody at arm's length and you knew that if they would just invite you in, you could help them. Right? You could help them get through it. You could help them walk through it. But because they kept you at arm's length, you couldn't help them. And you had to sit there and watch them struggle. Praise and worship invites God into your battle. Praise and worship invite God, invites God into your struggle. And when we praise and when we worship, guess what? We win. Because we invite him into our battle and we give him authority and dominion to fight for us. Amen? All right, look at that last point on your outline. So this is how we fight our battles, guys. This is how we do it, and this is how we win. Because God's ultimate goal is that every person in this room would stand tall. Right? God wants you and me to stand tall in the anointing and the calling that God has for us. Because let me give you some great thought, a great thought this morning. You're not just anointed for you. You're anointed for others. Right? You're anointed for others, and your life matters. And if you live your life bent over under the oppression of the enemy instead of standing tall, walking in your anointing, not only do you get robbed of what God wants to do for you, but the world gets robbed of what God wants to do through you. Amen? Now, we're going to ask you to do something. They're going to put a song on for us, and we want to ask you just to stand to your feet this morning. Because this is what we want to do. We, we want to declare our authority, and we want to take our position today. And that is that we want to stand tall. Amen? We want to stand tall in the anointing of the Lord. I don't know if you know this song, but the words are going to be on the screen. I want you just to begin to sing along with it. Because this is how we fight our battles, guys. This is how we fight. We put on the weapons of our warfare. Right? We refuse to withdraw. We refuse to back away. We refuse to give in. Right? We're going to stand. And I believe right now as we just begin to stand and praise the Lord, that we're going to invite him in. And right now every shackle, every weight, every burden is going to be broken off of your life. There's something powerful about praise, guys. Come on, let's declare this right now. The devil doesn't have the last word. God has the last word. Come on, we're surrounded today. There are more that are for us than there are that are against us today. The King of glory is fighting for you. The King of glory is warring for your family. Your children don't have to be lost. Your grandchildren don't have to be lost. There is victory in Jesus. There is authority in God. There is power in Him today. And we're going to stand. Come on. We're going to stand tall. God, we're going to walk in our anointing. This is how we fight, God. This is how we fight. We stand. We refuse to be bent over. We refuse to bow to deception and to oppression. Lord, today we stand. Yes, Lord. We're surrounded by you today, God. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. It may look like we're defeated. We're not defeated. Yes, Lord. Come on, we're surrounded by Jesus. The armies of the Lord surround us. The armies of God encampus round about us. There are more that are for you than there are that are against you. Don't cower. Don't bow. Don't bend. 
connect. Don't move away. Just press in. Let's stand. This is how we fight. This is how we win. We stand. Come on, Jesus. Loose your people today. Loose your people. Every oppression, every stronghold, every bondage, I command it to be broken today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're surrounded by you. We are more than conquerors because you loved us. You've redeemed us. You've rescued us. You've purchased us with your own blood, Jesus. We are the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. Right? We are well able to overcome because Jesus lives in us. Go ahead right now and just claim your victory today. Claim that anointing that God has for you. Oh, you mama, stand tall in your anointing today. You're anointed by God. You're called by God. You're equipped by God. You're well able to do everything God has called you to do. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't listen to the condemnation and the shame. Don't walk with your head down. Don't walk around living like you're not enough or not enough to do what God's called you to do. You are more than enough. You are well able. You are thoroughly equipped and you are anointed by the God of heaven and earth today. So let's just lift our hands right now. Father, we receive that anointing today. God, we receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. God, we declare we will not bend and we will not bow. We will stand tall. We will stand in the anointing. We will stand in the calling. We will stand in the grace and the gifts that you have given us. We are well able today. We are anointed and called and empowered by God. And we claim that authority today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord praise today.